welcome back to our podcast. I'm Kirsten. I'm the branch manager of the Carteret County Public Library in Beaufort. I'm here to bring you another of my top five lists. I enjoy these. I hope you do as well. I hope it gives you some ideas for potential books to read. These books are my choices for top choices, but that doesn't mean that everybody agrees. Everybody has their own opinion. And as we say in the love it or hate it, just because I love it doesn't mean you will. But I hope that it sounds intriguing to you that you get inspired to try something that maybe you haven't tried before. That's the whole point is to get you out of your comfort zone, trying something new and fun. Uh, So this time my list is top five romance novels. Now, romance is a little harder than fantasy to pin down because romance spans different genres. So romance itself isn't its own genre. You might have contemporary romance, Christian romance, fantasy romance, uh, sci-fi romance, historical Romance. There are so many different types of romance novels that what I've tried to do is find one from each subgenre that I like to highlight. So this is, it's my top five, but it might not actually be my top five. It's my top five, one from a different genre, but my overall top five is looks a little different <laughs> than this list. But these are the, the top one that I would choose for each subgenre. So let's dig into this. Again, I tried I tried to make it very diverse, very uh, different. There's one young adult on this list. The rest are adult novels. So I hope that it inspires you. I hope it expands your horizons because these are great books. They're great books. So my number five, we'll do what we did last time and I'll count down. So my number five is Late Bloomer by Fern Michaels. This one would fall in that contemporary romance category. There's a little bit of mystery, but to me, when you're reading the story, it's it's a romance novel. It's there's a there's a whole plot in there about a mystery, but it's not as pervasive as some of the other stories that Fern Michaels or Nora Roberts or any of the contemporary romance authors have written. So Late Bloomer is about a girl who she grew up in a small town. When she was 10, she was hanging out with her friends. They were by the lake and they're playing around At one point, this girl climbs a tree, and when she's up in the tree, bullies come, and at first, when you're reading it, it seems as though one of the bullies causes this girl to fall out of the tree and fall into the lake. Uh, I'm just going to leave it there. And then... (laughs) She she falls into the lake, but it was a far enough fall that she ended up being paralyzed. She was paralyzed from the waist down, and that lasted for years. She ended up having to go through years of physical therapy to get that use of her legs back. 
when she did, at this point, she'd moved away from the town. When she grew up, she went back to the town. When she went back, she ended up meeting a lot of her friends again that she hadn't seen in years. She met the sheriff who happened to be one of the bullies from when she was a child. And they meet and romance ensues. And I think talking about these romance novels, it's hard not to give certain things away because in a romance novel, you know that there's a romance somewhere. Somebody's fallen in love with somebody else. And that's the whole point of this story is that they fall in love. Yeah, other things are happening, other shenanigans are happening. So I tried not to give too much away about the other story that's in this story. But you know that they're going to fall in love somehow. And so they do. <laughs> they do fall in love. But it's it's a sweet little story. I like it because the way Fern Michaels writes it, it's more of a romance. It is more of a romance. I like it for that. Sometimes that's all you want. You just want to pick up a book and read a good romance. You don't want there to be too much frill, too much other stuff going on. You don't want there to be some big plot that somebody's trying to destroy the world or somebody's trying to, you know, burn down a museum and we've got to stop them or, you know, I don't, there doesn't have to be some big fantastical something. It's it's just a story of two people who fell in love. I know that's why a lot of people like Nicholas Sparks' books is because it's a, at its core a story of two people falling in love. Yeah, other things are happening, uh, but it's a story of two people falling in love and it's very romantic and very sweet. And in this story, I think it is very sweet. I think the two characters, the two main characters who fall in love are good characters. I think the girl especially, she went through a lot and that kind of changed her character overall. She became a different person, but, you know, she was still kind of sweet and innocent in a way, despite the fact of what she went through. So I really like it for that reason. That's why even though, yeah, there's a little bit of mystery, it, to me it's it's contemporary romance and that's where it's at. I love it for that reason. So I highly recommend it. Again, that's Late Bloomer by Fern Michaels. Very cute story. My favorite of hers. I've read some others of hers. And Fern Michaels is one of those authors that I I like some of her stuff and other things I don't like so much. But this is my favorite of hers. Uh, and I think it was one of her earlier books. Matter of fact, funny story. I wanted it so bad because I love this story so much. I wanted a copy for myself. As you may or may not know, librarians tend to have libraries of their own. <laughs> and I do. I have a, a nice book collection at home. And so I wanted this book for myself to be able to read whenever I wanted. And I could not find it anywhere. I searched for years to find this book. And I could probably have purchased it on Amazon, but I wanted to to buy it when I wanted it <laughs> and I just couldn't find it so it took years and then one day my aunt calls me from Georgia out of nowhere and says hey by the way I picked you up a book today and I was like oh okay what book she said that one you keep harping on about that Fern Michaels book 
And I was like, no way! You finally found it? She said, yeah, it's in this thrift store in the middle of nowhere in Georgia. I was like, thank you, Georgia. Thank you, Georgia. Thank you, the state of Georgia. I don't remember what town it was in Georgia that she found it, but she found it in Georgia. So thank you to the state of Georgia. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Late Bloomer, Fern Michaels, great book. Highly recommend it. That's my number five. My number four is, this one was tough. It is was tough, you guys. I came up with the titles of these stories and I, I just wrote them down and then I went and I was ranking them and that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do because I like them all almost on the same level. This is almost because there are there are a couple that I like more. But this one I mentioned Kelly Armstrong in the fantasy uh podcast. And I love Kelly Armstrong. I can't talk enough about Kelly Armstrong. If you are a fantasy reader, read Kelly Armstrong. She is just so prolific. She's so great at what she does. She brings it to life. She draws you into her world. You instantly connect with her characters. They're relatable. I love her to death. So my fantasy romance that I chose I would have chosen, I would have chosen The Darkest Powers, but I, I talked about that in the fantasy novel, so I couldn't, I didn't feel like I should talk about that again, so I'm going to talk about a different one. This one is an adult series, and it's, the whole series is called The Otherworld Series, and it's about different people with different abilities across the board, they're connected through this wider story, but the books themselves are about particular people in this group so the very first one was called bitten i chose that one as my number four this is bitten by kelly armstrong this book was actually funnily enough made into a series it's like a canadian actors and they they played with the story i actually watched the series because i like the book so much <laughs> I went and watched the series and it was not, it was not quite, it not, no, it, it, they over dramatized it. So it wasn't on that level of the books. It was, I didn't enjoy it, but that's just my own opinion. I didn't enjoy the series, but I tend to be one of those people that doesn't like the movies. <laughs> I liked Lord of the Rings. <laughs> But most of the time, I don't like it when they adapt a book that I like because, you know, you, you imagine it when you're reading it, you're imagining it in your head and you're imagining what that world looks like. And when you see it on the screen and it doesn't match what you imagined, it doesn't vibe well with you. Or if you're one, if you're like me and you take the book as as canon and and that's that's what's real and that's the truth ruth when they adapt it to the screen and they take stuff out or they rewrite it to make it you know more dramatic and more screen worthy it messes with it too much and i don't like it i don't like when they do that so i didn't enjoy the series but the book itself again it's called bitten and it's about a woman named elena 
when you first meet her, she's living in Canada and she's living with her boyfriend and trying to live a normal life. Well, the problem is Elena's not normal. She's a werewolf. She's a werewolf who was bitten, which is again why it's called bitten. And she is very in her feelings about it. She doesn't like being a werewolf. She hates it. This It's not who she wanted to be. She didn't ask to be bitten. She didn't want to be bitten. And the worst part about it is that it was a betrayal for her. She was bitten by the man she loved. She didn't know he was a werewolf. He didn't tell her. But he bit her because... I mean, I don't want to give too much away. The reason he bit her is revealed later on. All she knows is that she's been betrayed. And so she's filled with anger and rage and hatred. But and even though she's living in Canada and she's tried to cut out that part of her life, she ends up getting called back to New York. New York is where the pack lives that she was bitten into. And they need her help. So they asked her to come back to New York and she is very hesitant. She doesn't want to do it. She very much vocalizes that she doesn't want to do it, but she ends up having to. So she goes back. There's a, there's a mystery in play. There's a, it's because the book is fantasy and it's about werewolves. The mystery that's involved involves that fantastical world. It involves things that are going on, you know, threats from other supernaturals an uprising there there's a lot going on with that i don't want to say too much see again ask for spoilers because i know i give away too much <laughs> but it's i want to sell the book i want to and i don't know how to do so without telling you what happened <laughs> in the book but i want you to read it so i don't want to give too much away but that's my thought process but it's it's a great book it's the romance part of it is is huge. I mean, it's a it's a large part of it is the romance part. But in this one, it's not like in Late Bloomer where it was just sweet and romantic and they fell in love and oh, it was beautiful and roses and all that. In this one, it's a lot more messy. <laughs> it's clearly romance. Things are going on. There's love and... You know, as they say, hatred is born from love or you can't you can't hate without love or something like that. It's it's something like some phrase like that. And it's very true in this case. You know, she loved the man who bit her and that's not something that she can just let go of. It's not something that is easily moved past. So, you know, it's it's a good book. It's a good book. If you read the rest of the series, which I will admit, I will admit, I did not do. I know. I failed. I read the books that had Elena in them. <laughs> that's what I tend to do. That's my that's my issue, I guess. My problem is that I fall in love with certain characters and I only want to read those certain characters and that's my that's my problem. I hope that other people don't have that problem because I know it's limiting. I know those other books are probably great. I just I just can't. I can't. I fall in love with these characters. It's it's kind of like the Darkest Powers trilogy that Kelly Armstrong wrote. She wrote other trilogies 
that were, you know, in that same vein, in that same world, I couldn't read them. <laughs> I couldn't. I I wanted to read more about my favorite characters. I know that they are probably great because, again, I love Kelly Armstrong. She's a great author. But I can't read them just because I want to read those characters. I know they're in that same universe, so I want to read about them. Just saying. <laughs> Kind of goes back to Rick Riordan, too. I loved the Percy Jackson books so much that I wanted to read the Heroes of Olympus books, and I read those, and I liked them, except I was mad the Percy was not in them more. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just my own burden. So I did not read the rest of the other world books, except the ones that had Elena in them. I liked all the ones that I read. They were great. They were wonderful, uh, including this one. Again, Bitten. That's my my number four on my list. It's great. It's a good book. It's very it's fantasy romance. So again, if you're a fantasy reader, I highly recommend you pick this one up and give it a try. I try any of Kelly Armstrong's stuff. Really, they're all great. Uh, the ones that I've read, because <laughs> I've just admitted that I have not read all of them. There are a lot. She's written a lot. So just give her a try. It's a good it's a good one. Okay, so my number three. This one is a young adult. It's the only young adult book on my list. I would not classify it as young adult romance, though. But I would classify it as sci-fi romance. So I chose it because it's sci-fi. And I'm not a huge sci-fi reader. That's not generally where I fall. I will read them. It's not, like I said in the previous podcast, I'll read anything if you tell me it's good. But that's not generally where I would go to pick up my book. This one, however, I read the premise of it and I thought, wow, that sounds interesting. That is, wow. Okay, so the book is called The Forgetting by Sharon Cameron. And the premise of it is that a girl is living in this colony and every 12 years, Everybody forgets everything. I instantly, I didn't even read the rest of the summary. I said, excuse me? <laughs> what? So I went and I picked it up and I read this thing. And boy, am I glad that I did. It is so good. It instantly drew you in. You didn't know at first what the sci-fi aspect of it was when you're reading it you're almost thinking oh this is fantasy this is not sci-fi this is fantasy and then you're hit with the whammy and you're you're going oh my god no that's that's sci-fi what what now what now so i can't in this one s for spoilers big time because i can't tell you anything about the book without giving at least part of it away i'll try not to give all of it away i'll try to keep something secret <laughs> but I have to give at least part of it away to explain anything about this book so there is a girl who's living in this colony and like I said every 12 years everybody forgets everything they have to keep journals of what their life is like because every 12 years almost on the dot they'll forget everything about who they are about their life about who they're related to. They don't remember parents, children, husbands, wives. They don't remember anybody. They don't remember anything. 
everything is completely taken away from them. So if they don't write it down in their journal, they'll forget. I don't know. What, oh, that just fascinated me so much. The problem is that this girl does remember. She is the only person who remembers. And she doesn't know why she remembers. The first time it happened, she was, I think it was, she was four or five the first time that it happened. She remembers who her parents were. She remembers who her siblings were. She remembers everything. The problem is, is the knowledge that she has when she knows that the things that are currently going on are not what's real. So the problem is, is that if you write down in your journal, the stuff, well, if anything happens to those journals, if they get stolen, if you choose to have another life, if you say, I don't like my life currently, I'm going to not keep my journals. I'm going to burn them or I'm going to do whatever. Well, that means when the forgetting happens, you can, you can start a new life. You can do whatever you want. No strings attached because you genuinely don't remember anything about your former life. So you could have had a wife and kids and just chose to leave them and nobody can, it's not like your spouse is going to really remember you. So, you know, there's, there's a lot that can happen with that. And so this little girl remembers everything and she's seeing all the things that went wrong when people chose to do whatever they wanted. Some chose to remember, some chose not to remember her father chose not to remember so it was tough on her because she remembers her father but he does not remember her so being that girl who remembers everything in a world where everybody forgets everything is difficult and tough and not something I think that many characters would be able to move past and of course this girl didn't she couldn't she couldn't move past it so she ends up the, the whole story is her trying to figure out what's going on is there a way to stop it is there a way to preserve memories the whole society that they're in there's a lot going on some people know about what's causing it and they choose not to tell and there's a lot of distrust anyway I tell you that to give you an idea of what this colony is like and in all of this mess and madness and forgetting and all that she falls in love <laughs> obviously she falls in love this is a sci-fi romance I like the love story between these two because I'm I'm a romantic at heart I'm not gonna lie there's something sweet about some couple just falling in love and knowing that they're in love and it doesn't take, you know, years and bunches of tragedies to happen. They just fall in love. And in this case, that's what happened. They fell in love in a matter of days. I think it was, it was a matter of days that they, they went from zero to 100 and, you know, in in reality, it's tough to believe something like that, but in a book, it's just, sweet and lovely and in this case it was it was sweet and lovely that they fell in love with one another and I really so I gave you more of the other story than the romance story because again the problem is is that it's a romance book so you know two people are going to fall in love somehow <laughs> uh, 
I mean, the only thing you don't know is, are they going to actually stay together in the end, or is something going to happen? A lot of books end up that way, where you just don't know, especially now, tragedies are all the rage. I just can't. I can't. I will go ahead and tell you, I can't read a romance novel knowing that they are not going to end up together in the end. I have invested my time, (laughs) my love, I have invested everything into this story, so they had better end up together in the end. (laughs) Legitimately, I haven't seen La La Land because I know, I know what happened. So I can't watch it now. I can't, I can't watch Casablanca. Everybody says, you know, Casablanca is such a great movie. I can't watch Casablanca because I know what happens. (laughs) I don't want to, I don't want to spend my time watching something that does not end happily. Oh, okay. That's sorry. That was my little rant about that. I just I can't. So I love stories where they are love stories where everything goes happy or where everything everything ends happily. Maybe it wasn't happy getting there, but it ended happily. That's what matters to me. <laughs> it's okay to have the drama nanigans during the book. It's okay to have tragedy and heartbreak during the book. So long as at the end of the book, they end up together. And in this one, spoiler alert, they do. Just saying. <laughs> All right. So that was The Forgetting by Sharon Cameron. That's my sci-fi romance pick. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a great book. I thought she's a great writer. I will be honest. It's the only thing I've read of hers. I know she wrote a sequel to this one, but it's kind of, I, I already know that it doesn't have these characters in it. So I did not read it because, again, it's it's like I talked about with the Kelly Armstrong book. I like, if it's in the same universe, I want to read more about the characters that I love. I'm okay reading an author if I go from one book that is in this particular universe to a different book that's set in a different universe because I know they're not in any shape or form related. So I'm fine with that. That's totally cool. But I can't. When I know it's in the same universe, I just want to read my favorite characters some more. Like, did they did they stay together? Did they get married? You know, I, I don't know. That's just the romantic in me, wanting to make sure they lived happily ever after. <laughs> so, you know, fairy tales are, are kicking their, their heads here again. Because, you know, in fairy tales, they all lived happily ever after. Except they didn't. Spoiler alert. In a lot of fairy tales, they do not end up together. Those are not my favorites. (laughs) Okay. So that was my number three, The Forgetting by Sharon Karen. These last two, I struggled. I struggled because I couldn't figure out which one I wanted to make my number one. I love them both. The problem is, is that my ultimately, my number two was super tough to pin down because the author in question, Nora Roberts, I mentioned in the fantasy novels that I have not read her in years because I do think that she's gotten too repetitive over the years. I think she has starting to wind down and it to me it, it's clear when you read her work. But a lot of her novels from I think before 2010, before 2015, I don't know, before sometime, I really liked and there are so many 
that it was hard to choose <laughs> which one I wanted to put down. So many. I could do a whole podcast on Nora Roberts' books alone that I love. Because <laughs> there are a lot of really good ones. In the end, I chose the one that I absolutely cannot live without. And that I have reread I don't know how many times. And that is Birthright. So Birthright by Nora Roberts. If you have not picked up this book, if you have read Nora Roberts before and you just haven't gotten to this book, or if you've never read Nora Roberts before, I highly recommend you pick this book up and give it a shot. I can't even describe to you why I like this book as much as I do, because I I don't know. It's, it's, It's strange. I love this book. This one I would classify as mystery romance. A lot of Nora Roberts I would classify as mystery romance or suspenseful romance. This one I would say is a mystery. So the story itself, there's a girl, a woman, not a girl, I keep saying girl. There was a woman named Callie who is an archaeologist and I love archaeology so instantly I was drawn in. Callie is an archaeologist, eh, which I love. I love archaeology. Archaeology is amazing and wonderful. She is. She has an ex-husband. The ex-husband is an anthropologist. So she digs up the bones. He knows about the culture and the history of the peoples. Uh, instantly, I was drawn in just for that alone because I, like I said, I love archaeology. I love history. I love anything to do with anything. So... Here she is. She's, I think, around about 30. She's very cynical. She's seen some things. And I love a good cynical character. I've mentioned that before. I do. I love a good cynical character. <laughs> and Callie's no exception. She's awesome. I love her. She's tough. She's she's no nonsense. She's super smart. Obviously, because she's an archaeologist. I mean, that that's a lot of work that goes into that. So kudos to all the archaeology people out there. I think it's a tough thing to do. And she goes and digs for these bones. Well, one day she gets called to a site. I think it's in Montana or Wyoming or someplace out west. I'm sorry. I don't know the actual state that this took place in. But she goes to this site where stuff is already happening. They There's accidents that have been going on. People are getting hurt. It's it's bad. Uh, actually, I think people are dying. And she goes to the site. She's there to help do the do the dig. There are students there who are learning. There's a whole group of people. Any, I mean, I think we all, even if you just watch Jurassic Park, you know that there's a lot of people on a dig. <laughs> there's a lot of people on a dig, and this is no exception. There are a lot of people on this dig. And one of the people on this dig happens to be her ex-husband. She is not happy about it. <laughs> she is not happy about it. And it was it was not an amicable an amicable parting. <laughs> so there's there's the drama against with that. There's the the mystery of what's going on on the site that that's happening. There's a mystery that is going on with Callie's own life. Like, she, in her personal life, 
she's finding out things about who she is that are tough for anybody to learn. And it's, it's especially tough when you're already dealing with so much other stuff that it's, it's almost like everything just keeps piling on you and piling on you. You have to be a very tough person to deal with that. Callie is tough, which is helpful, but it, it takes its toll. Of course it takes its toll. It would on anybody. But obviously the romance part here, it it's weaved throughout. I mean, again, hatred is born from love or whatever that phrase is. And this is no exception. She may not be on the best of terms at first with her ex-husband. But will that always be the case? Dot, 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 question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> Again, it's a romance book. I can't, I can't. I mean, is it one of those things where you, you can't even imply that two people are going to fall in love? Because you know they're going to fall in love. There's already drama nanigans between them. There's already feelings between them. Maybe they're leaning more toward a certain way, but by the end of the book, they're leaning toward a different way. But there are feelings, and these feelings lead to some love and some some romance. And I love it. So much because in this one it's not that they met and fell in love they already knew each other they'd already been married and divorced <laughs> it's a very it's not I do enjoy those romances like I talked about with the late bloomer where it's just a sweet story I enjoy those very much but sometimes sometimes you want a romance story that has more to it there's there's a background, there's history, there's there's feelings, you know. It's not lovey-dovey all the time. And sure, they have their lovey-dovey moments, but it's not always lovey-dovey. And sometimes you want that. Sometimes you want to be able to see a, a cynical woman fall for a, a, a dashing man who also happens to feel antagonistic toward her. <laughs> so, spoiler alert, they fall in love. <laughs> but the story getting up to that point, the story getting up to that point is the, is the big thing here. I mean, there's, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot getting up to that point. There's a lot getting up to the end. There is that mystery of what's going on at the campsite. There's a mystery of what's going on in her personal life. There are a lot of components to this book that it ultimately led me to choose it as my number one for Nora Roberts, but my number two overall. Because I think, it, to me, it's Nora Roberts at her best. There's so much going on in this story, and I enjoy that. I do. I, again, sometimes you want sweet romance. Sometimes you want you want more meatier story. And in this case, it was a very meaty story. Very captivating. Again, I, I could do a whole podcast on Nora Roberts alone because there are so many good ones. There are. You know, I, uh, I want to talk about some of my other ones. Yeah, I'm going to have to do a podcast on Nora Roberts because, wow, there are so many good ones. All right. Sorry. That was a little tangent. But that was Birthright by Nora Roberts highly recommend it please read it it is so good 
you will not be disappointed. And if you are, I'm sorry, but I loved it very, very much. Okay. Drum roll, please. My number one. This one, this one was also tough. This one was also tough because it's a historical romance. And I, as I've talked about in my love, it's or hates it with Jennifer. Historical romances are some of my absolute favorites. There's there's something about reading about a time that's long past and, and the things that went on. And especially when you get an author who can write a character who almost seems as if this character was sent back in time. <laughs> it's a modern day person who was sent back in time and it's kind of like, why, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to live life this way? Why can't I do what I want to? Why can't I marry who I want to? And why can't I do the things that I want to do? It's those books. I love those books so much and in this case it came down to Julia Quinn who I've talked to before I've talked to you before <laughs> I've talked to her before I have not talked to her before Julia if you are listening call me I, I would love to have a conversation with you no I have talked about Julia Quinn before but in this case I had to go with a different one that when I read this thing, I read this whole series out of order because I started with this particular book. I loved this book. This book single-handedly got me into historical romance novels. So if you have never read a historical romance novel ever and think to yourself, there's no way I'm reading a historical romance novel, pick up this book. <laughs> It will change your life because literally it changed mine. It it has me, half of my library at home is now historical romance novels because of this one book. <laughs> Gentle Rogue by Johanna Lindsay. Johanna Lindsay has passed on, but she wrote a series that was about the Mallory family. And this family, this family is a hoot and a half. I love this family to death. But this particular book was the third in the series. So if you're one of those people that has to read the series in order, more power to you. Kudos to you. Um, it, This one, I don't, I don't necessarily think you have to read it in order. You really don't. Not to understand what's going on. But Gentle Rogue. <laughs> It was, oh my goodness. Okay. So, it's all about this woman named Georgina, who is not a Mallory. She ends up meeting a Mallory, though. She is uh, from America, from Connecticut, I believe it is. And she is, her, her family owns a shipping line. And she goes to England to visit someone. I forget exactly who it was that she was visiting. But when she gets there and they're there for a while, her and her, her chaperone end up not having the money to come back. 
somehow they lose their money. I, I can't remember exactly how they lost their money. I don't remember if they were robbed or I don't remember. But they're having trouble trying to figure out how to get back to America because they're in England. So, and the family shipping line does not ship to England. So the only way for them to get back is to lie and get aboard a ship that's bound for Jamaica because they can uh, meet up with the brother's family or brother's ships in Jamaica. She has a lot of brothers. She has like five brothers and she's the only girl. So you instantly know that she is going to be a no nonsense. She won't take anything from anybody. She is strong. She is tough and she can, she can handle it. She can do it. Ah, love her. Love her, because it was, again, one of those situations where you almost feel like she was plunked from now and deposited back in 18-whatever, and <laughs> she's not taking anything from anybody. So she doesn't like that she's constrained to having to deal with a chaperone and deal with all the the issues that a young lady faced at the time, which was, again, not being able to do anything or be, you know, what she wanted to be. She wanted to be a sailor. She wanted to be able to run a ship, but she was a woman, and that was not acceptable. So she was already chafing at the the constraints put on her as a female. She didn't like it. So she lies with her chaperone to get on this boat. Her chaperone happens to be a male, which was, you know, not not really what was supposed to happen. She lies and says that she's a man. Uh, she says that she's a boy, not a man. She says she's a boy to be put on this ship. Well, the <laughs> the man who happens to be the captain of said ship is a Mallory, James Mallory. James instantly knows that she's a woman, not a, not a boy. He could tell. And he makes her to protect her, because again, she's a female on a, on a boat with a bunch of men to protect her. He makes her his cabin boy so that she will not be around the other men too much so that she can continue in that ruse, in that disguise of being a, a boy. So... <laughs> Shenanigans ensue, obviously, because he knows that she's a female, but she does not know that he knows. <laughs> she thinks she's being clever. So shenanigans ensue. The, you, you're with them the whole ride to Jamaica, obviously, because it's a romance. You know, feelings start to come into play. And James is one of those people who... He's an ex-gentleman pirate, he calls himself. <laughs> he was a pirate, but he never hurt anyone. He just stole their stuff. And so he's he's a no-nonsense guy who is very tough, very austere almost. He he knows what he wants and he gets it and he doesn't care. It, oh, so him being up against a female who is just strong and is not going to take anything from anybody, it's instantly, you know, that they go, they're going to butt heads and it's going to be, it's going to be entertaining. And, ah, uh, I, ah, I can't, I want it. Ah, I want to keep talking about this book. I can't. I'm trying so hard, you guys. I'm trying so hard to not give too much away. <laughs> 
Okay. All right. So I'll stop. I'll I'll stop there. I won't say any more about the particulars of this book, but just to tell you again, this was the very first historical romance novel that I read. And I I instantly fell in love. I had to read the rest of the series. I ended up trying other authors based on that. I read, uh, I think after Joanna Lindsay, I read Stephanie Lawrence, then Julia Quinn. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. And, of course, Stephanie Lawrence has great ones, too. She really does. Um, she also has a whole series about a particular family. <laughs> All of these. All of these historical romance authors have a family that they write about at some point. But this one in particular, I can't talk enough about it. Their characters draw you in. They're lovable and likable. The whole family is likable. <laughs> it's not a simple love story. I mean, it is, but it's not. But it is, but it's not. It's, <laughs> I know that's confusing, but it's the truth. It's one of those where they do fall in love and they are together forever, which is why I like it too. Because again, I don't like books where they don't end up together. But the the family aspect of it plays a huge part because how I I'm just saying she's got a lot of brothers who are brothers, so they're protective. And so what are they gonna do when they discover what's been going on? Because they do, they discover what's been going on. <laughs> oh, I love it so much. I want to, I want to tell you so much more so that you love it just as much as I love it. But yes, in in the end, I had to make this my number one, my number one overall, but also my number one historical fiction because it will always hold a special place in my heart. The third in the series, not the first. So, you know, take that as you will. If you if you need to read them in order, that's understandable. I will say I love Johanna Lindsay, but the first one in the series, with the first novel in a series, you're really trying to lay the groundwork for the rest of the series. So a lot of times that first novel does not hold up to the rest of the series because you're having to to explain everything and in this case it's the truth I, I did not particularly care for the first novel in the series which I, I mean I'm not going to lie to you at the moment I can't even remember the name of it it just wasn't it just wasn't my my thing so you know if you want to start with the first one okay <laughs> maybe you'll like it Hey, again, just because I didn't like it or I did like it doesn't mean that you will. So, you know, let me know. Did you, if you give it a try and you, and you like it, or if you give it a try and you don't like it, I mean, that's totally fine. I like hearing differing perspectives. It keeps the conversation lively. And somebody else may have a viewpoint that I never even thought of before. So I like hearing other people's views on things. Uh, so that was my number five, my, my, top five excuse me my top five list of romance novels I tried to make it diverse I tried to to kind of show a wide range from different type of different genres because again romance novels you can't just call you can't just say I want to read a romance novel I kind of got to know what type of romance novel you're talking about what other things are you wanting in your romance novel are you wanting just simple romance story or are you wanting 
fantasy elements in there? Are you wanting mysteries and suspense? You know, what are you what are you in the mood for? <laughs> so hopefully this was diverse enough that if you are in the partic- a particular mood for a particular type of romance, it gives you an idea of something to pick up. And if you have already read them, maybe this will get you into reading a different romance novel. Get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. I like reading things across the board. I really do. And like I've said before, if you say to me, this book is really good, you got to read it, I'll read it. I will. I'll add it to my my to-read list, which is at the moment, I think, 750 books long. I'm not joking. That is a real number. But, <laughs> as she says, as she laughs at, at herself, I'm more laughing at the number. That number is long. I'm not going to lie. I, I There are so many books that I have to read that I'm looking forward to read. I, I hate saying I have to read them because I'm looking forward to reading them. But the point still stands. Anyway, so thank you again for listening. I really hope that these give you an idea. Uh, I'll go ahead and just repeat them for you. Uh, my number five was Light Bloomer by Fern Michaels. My number four was Bitten by Kelly Armstrong. My number three was The Forgetting by Sharon Cameron. My number two was Birthright by Nora Roberts. And my number one was Gentle Rogue by Johanna Lindsay. I hope that this gives you some ideas. I really, really do. Thank you again for listening, and I hope you can join me next time. Bye! (laughs) 